Hi everyone and welcome to eTalmud 2.0. Um, we're going to start from 22a, Chafbez, Amad Aleph, and Chagiga. We kind of had an abrupt stop in the middle of a topic. And 22a, in our last podcast, we're actually 10 lines from the bottom, starting from Amarav Papa, but we're in the middle of talking about this idea of how we try to stay away from causing discord or causing enmity between those that aren't as careful with matters of purity and those that are. And sometimes we go, sometimes we'll, we'll trust those that aren't so careful or we'll accept the, accept the testimony of those that aren't so careful, even when it may not be logically sound to do so, just in order to make sure that we are, um, that we don't cause enmity between those that are careful and those that are not, which would lead to a very big break within the Jewish people. So that's what we're going to start from. Amarav Papa, Rav Papa says, Keman mekabulinon ha'inna sahadusam According to whose view do we accept testimony from an am ha'aretz, somebody that is not as careful with tuman tahara, with matters of purity? Keman, who is this going like? Kirabiosi. It's like Rabiosi, who is somebody who is concerned of this idea of creating enmity between these two groups of people. So because of that, we do accept testimony from an Am Ha'aretz when we otherwise perhaps would not have. Okay, now we're going to go back to this idea um, that we say um, that you can immerse one vessel in another for truma because we anyways won't accept truma from somebody that's an Am Ha'aretz, somebody that's not careful with Tuma and Tahara in the first place. So even if they happen to have gone ahead and done that, um, and in a scenario where it was actually a problem, it's not a big deal because a somebody that cares about Tuma and Tahara, somebody that cares about purity and impurity, wouldn't accept Truma in the first place from somebody that isn't careful. So now we're going to ask, okay, so maybe they don't, maybe they won't take Truma from somebody, but maybe the vessel itself, perhaps we, sh- why, why would we allow you? to immerse one vessel inside another vessel, which is prone to mistakes. And certainly in Am Ha'aretz, somebody that's not careful with purity will make those mistakes. And we said that we don't worry so much because somebody that is careful won't accept Shuma from somebody that's not careful anyways. But now we're asking, even if you want to accept Shuma from somebody that's not careful, you may still borrow their vessels. And that, that vessel may really not be pure. So how do we how do we respond to that? It's not because we learned in a Mishnah, because we learned in a Mishnah that borrowing vessels from an Am Ha'aretz, somebody that's not careful, is actually allowed. We're told that an earthenware vessel protects other protects everything from becoming tame. Divrei Beis Hillel. Those are the words of Beis Hillel. So this is the idea as follows: If you have an earthenware vessel, and it's um, basically it will not it does not allow um, ritual impurity from a corpse to pass through. So for instance, let's say you're in a house and there's a wall and that wall has a hole in it and there's a dead body in one room on one side of the wall. And then there's, you're standing in the other side of the wall and there's that hole. So usually the impurity can go through that hole and come to the other side, other side of the wall and make you impure. But what we say is if that if you put an earthenware vessel, um, in that hole, it blocks the ritual impurity from entering the next room. So what we're saying is, so what Beis Hillel is saying, is that an earthenware vessel can protect all substances from becoming impure. 
Um, it actually only can protect foods and beverages and other earthenware vessels from becoming tame, but it cannot protect non-earthenware vessels from becoming tame. So the question is, So Beishel said to would because of what? Meaning, how can you make this distinction? How could you possibly say that it could block in ritual impurity from foods and beverages and other earthenware vessels, but not from non-earthenware vessels? That's, that's, that's not logically sound. Amru Beishameh, Beishameh said, The reason for this is, is because you're talking about this earthenware vessel. Um, that earthenware vessel um, it can become Tameh, can become ritually impure by an am ha'aretz, by somebody that's not careful. And the rule is, is that even though an earthenware vessel can usually stop ritual impurity from passing through, if it itself is already impure, then it does not have the ability to do so. And because it does not have the ability to do so in in such a scenario where it became tummy, then we have to make it a sub. <coughs> then basically what Beishame is saying is that in general, we're going to be careful. We are going to say that perhaps this had become tame from an Am Ha'aretz. This had become ritually impure from an Am Ha'aretz. And therefore, in all cases, um, we say that this earthenware vessel does not act to stop Tuma from coming through, um, except for a case of food, beverages, and other earthenware vessels, which now will obviously prompt the next question. Amrulahem Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel said to them, but didn't you say that the foods and beverages that are being blocked by the earthenware vessel, didn't you say that those are do retain their purity? How could you possibly say that? Once we're saying that we're worried that this became tame, that this earthenware vessel became tame from Amharetz, why are we not worried in the case of foods and beverages? So Amr Lahem Beishamai, Beishamai responded, he responds as follows, When we say that the foods and beverages that are inside the earthenware vessel or being protected by the earthenware vessel are tame, are tahor, are to retain their purity, that's for the Am Ha'aretz himself. That's what we're saying. Um, because inevitably, somebody that is careful about ritual impurity won't accept food and drink from an Am Ha'aretz in the first place. So we don't really have to worry. So therefore, we're comfortable saying that the food and drink become tahor, become pure, because there's nothing to worry about. Those will never, those will never end up in the hands of somebody that that um, that cares about ritual impurity to such an extent. But now you want me to say that as well. We'll also say that non-earthenware vessels retain their purity. That we can't say. Because then we'd be purifying it for the Am Ha'aretz, for the person that's not careful, but also for the person that is careful. So we see very clearly that Beis Hillel, Beis I'm sorry, understands that a someone that is careful is allowed to borrow vessels from somebody that is not careful, which then prompts the question going back, is that's fine and dandy that we say that you're allowed to immerse one vessel inside of another one, 
um, because a careful person would never accept truma from a non-careful person. But even if you that may be true, you don't accept truma. But certainly, you're allowed to borrow another vessel. And if you allow a someone that's not careful to immerse one vessel inside of another, they may that that actually may not have become purified. It may not be a good immersion. They'll lend it out to somebody that is careful. That person that is careful then will end up being in trouble. How do we understand that then? And before we continue with that question that I just spoke out, the Gemara is just going to do a side note for one moment. Tanya, we learned in Abraisa, Amar Rabbi Shua, that based on what we just said, Amar Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua said, I'm ashamed of what you said, Beishamai. I just, I think you're completely wrong. Because what, what ends up coming up, for, according to you, that an earthenware vessel can protect from impurity transferring food to food and beverage, but not to other vessels that are not earthenware, that what you ends up coming out is as follows. Efshar Isha Lasha Bareva. Is it possible then that a woman um, is kneading dough in a trough and now you have and is being protected by an earthenware vessel? Let's say there's another, there's a dead body in the other room. Um, and, and the hole is being protected by the earthenware vessel. What ends up happening is, is according to you, Isha va'areva tamei and shiva, the woman and the trough are tamei, are impure for seven days, uvatzei tahar, but the dough itself is tahar. Or the next case, lugin malimashkin. Another case would be if you have a flask full of beverages, lugin tamei tumashiva, and the same thing, the flasks itself will be impure for seven days, umashkin tahar, and then the liquids will be pure. Um, that just doesn't seem to make sense. There's no logic in this. So a certain student among the students of Beishamai, um, Nitzpal, was engaging Rabbi Yoshua and Omer Lo and said to him as follows, Omer I'm going to share with you the reason of Beishamai. Omer Lo Emor, Rabbi Yoshua said, yes, go ahead, please tell me. Omer Lo, so the student said to him, Kli a vessel that is already tame, is it able to act as an interposition between ritual impurity or not? Amar lo enochotzeit. So Rishua said it's not able to. So the student went on. Klishal amharetz tameyotahar. Do we assume that the vessel of somebody that's not careful and amharetz is pure or impure? Amar lo tame. Rishua said it's, we have to assume that it's tame. V'im ata omer lo tameh, and if you were to tell the am ha'aretz, the rich, the, the person that's not careful, that it is tameh, klu mashkiach alecha, he would not pay any attention to you. He would not, would he pay any attention to you? Obviously not. V'lo od, and furthermore, ela she'im ata omer lo tameh, if you do tell him that it's tameh, that his vessels are tameh, omer lecha, he would say to you, shali tahar v'shalcha tameh, he would say that, he would say, I'm sorry, he would say, shali tahar v'shalcha tameh, he would say, my vessels are pure, and it's your vessels that are impure. Miyad, so that's that's what he would tell him. Vizehu taman shal beishamai, and this is the reasoning of beishamai. So the idea is is that the am haaretz, the the person that's not careful, um, he won't accept that his food, drink, and earthenware vessels are not protected by the earthenware vessel. Um, he just will not accept it. He would accept though that his non-earthenware vessels are not protected, um, because those can be purified still. Food, drink. And earthenware vessels are impossible to purify once they get, um, once they become corp, once they receive ritual contamination on the level of corpse contamination. 
whereas a non-earthenware vessel, there is a purification process. So the Am Haaretz, if you were, so for, for the Am Haaretz, for the person, the, the person that's not careful in the first place, if you were to tell him that his non-earthenware vessels are impure, he'd say, okay, fine, they're impure, I'll go through the purification process. If you tell him, though, that his food, drink, and earthenware vessels are impure, he'd be like, no, 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 they are certainly pure, because that's going to be too much for him to swallow. And, um, and, um, and that's the idea here. Um, so what we end up saying is, is that the, is that we say that the non-earthenware vessel is tame, is impure. That's something that the person, the am ha'aretz can handle. And when the chavir, when the more, someone that is careful, um, receives it, is borrowing it, he'll just know that he ha- may have to immerse it.